the Fertility Podcast is here to help you understand more about your fertility and for the last eight years has published a lot of conversations with experts and people sharing their stories. It's now going back to its roots, giving you people's lived experiences once again to give you comfort in knowing there's a community of people who get it so you find commonality, be inspired and know you're not alone. Started by me, Natalie Silverman, a former patient, once I was pregnant after fertility treatment, I later joined forces with Kate Davis, an independent fertility nurse consultant, who is now your host. And here she is. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to episode two of the new series of the Fertility Podcast. And it's really lovely to have you here with me today. I can't believe that at the time of recording this, it's two weeks since the first episode of the new series of the Fertility Podcast and my debut into going solo. Firstly, I really want to thank you for all the super kind comments and all the listens and all the downloads. I was literally feeling physically sick on that Monday morning and I felt so stressed. But thank you because you all massively put me at ease. I had some lovely comments, um, great feedback on social media, um, and I really, really appreciate it. If you haven't yet, though, I would love a cheeky rate and review on iTunes. Natalie and I have always really, really loved reading your comments, and it would mean so much to me at the minute with this new series and it just being me rabbiting on that it would be so good to have some feedback too. So if you get a chance to do that, I would be so, so grateful. But talking about kind of feeling stressed, as I was, this is actually what this episode is all about. So there's no guest, but it's me just getting to the nitty gritty about whether or not stress actually impacts on your fertility. And you might be surprised about what you're about to hear. So let's get right into it. So hello, it's just me today. I don't have a guest, but I really want to talk to you about stress. Stress is horrid, isn't it? When we're trying to conceive, it's a pretty miserable place to be. And it's being stressed when we're trying to conceive is something we tend to get ourselves quite worked up about. It's associated with so much guilt, isn't it? The fact that you start to worry that your stressing is going to stop you from conceiving and then therefore you start to stress about being stressed. So it's this kind of perpetual cycle. So I want to talk about this today because, well, for a number of reasons. One, this is something that I probably hear from pretty much every single patient that I see that they're struggling and suffering with stress, particularly in a long protracted fertility journey. But also because I want to tell you about the research, the evidence, the stuff we know about stress so far, to hopefully take away a little bit of that guilt. Now, full disclosure, I'm sat in my office today and I've come and found a little quiet room. But once I've got my mic on, my headphones in, I suddenly realise, and I've never heard it before, that there is a ticking clock in this room. And I considered moving. I thought, should I move, go and find another quieter room? Because quite honestly, sorry, Nat, I know that's what you'd want me to go and do. But then I thought, you know what? No, I'm hoping that this ticking clock is a little bit soporific. And maybe during my podcast episode today, we might hear that ticking clock. 
and then perhaps it might be a little bit relaxing because clearly today we're talking about stress so why not take the opportunity to pop the kettle on put your feet up listen to this episode and just de-stress a little bit let's start talking about stress and before we talk about stress and trying to conceive let's just do a bit of a science recap on what actually happens when we're stressed so let's consider then that stress is a biological and physiological response experienced when we encounter a threat a threat that we feel we don't have the resources to deal with and the stressor is a stimulus or the threat that causes the stress so it could be trying to conceive it could be going for your IVF treatment it could be sitting exam moving house death of a loved one loss of a job you know all those big life events or it could be something more simple than that but whatever it is the stress is the stimulus and that's the threat that we encounter and what does it do to the body well sudden and severe stress generally makes us increase our heart rate so you'll feel your heart is pounding You'll feel that you're increasing your respirations and your breathing, your lungs dilate and you're needing to intake more oxygen. So you'll find that you're breathing a lot more. You'll probably find that you're breathing quite shallowly as well. You have a decrease in digestive activity, so potentially you don't feel hungry. You might notice some bowel disturbance as well. And your liver releases glucose for energy. So our body kind of judges the situation and decides whether or not this threat, this stimulus is stressful. And this decision is based on lots of different things, such as sensory input and processing. So the things that you might see or hear or read in that situation, but also what might be stored in memories. So perhaps what's happened in the past, and we're then relating to that trigger. So a trigger of whether it be previous IVF cycle, perhaps a concern over a previous pregnancy loss, or fear of a pregnancy loss. There's lots of different stresses that can occur. And then if the body and the brain judges this situation as stressful, the hypothalamus, which is at the base of the brain, is is really activated. It, It kicks into action. And the hypothalamus is in charge of this stress response. And when the stress response is triggered, it sends signals to other structures. So, for example, the pituitary gland and the adrenal medulla. So this is really a science lesson here. So these short-term responses are produced by what you'll have heard of is the fight or flight response. So the fight or flight response is basically stressor in front of me. I've got to get the hell out of here. So loads and loads of oxygen and blood rushes to our muscles to help us do that. So that's the immediate kind of reaction to a stressful situation. But then there's also a chronic stress response. So if the stress is sustained, which clearly it can be in a fertility journey, then what happens is you get what's called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal system, the HPA system, that kind of works on the stressor. So the stressor activates the hypothalamic pituitary axis in our brain, and the hypothalamus stimulates the pituitary gland. And the pituitary gland secretes a hormone and bear with me as I put my teeth in to try and say it, adrenocorticotrophic hormone, or ACTH for sure, which I'm now going to use because that's a lot easier to say. So ACTH stimulates the adrenal glands to produce the hormone corticosteroid, which you've probably heard of, but also cortisol. 
So cortisol enables the body to maintain a steady supply of blood sugar. And then the adequate and steady blood sugar levels helps a person to cope with prolonged stress. And that helps the body to return to normal. Now that I want you to remember that, that that is what helps us in chronic stress to start to balance and return to normal. Even though the stress might still be there, the body is able to adapt. And I'm going to come back to that adaption in a moment. So that's what happens with our body when we're facing a really, really stressful situation. So there's been quite a lot of research into stress generally. I kind of view stress as a bit of an iceberg. I think we do understand quite a lot about it, the tip of the iceberg, but there's so much underneath the ocean that we don't fully understand yet. And I think with time, we definitely will. But this means some really fascinating and interesting work. And I talk about this lady all the time by Professor Jackie Bovan. She is at Cardiff University and she has dedicated all of her career to researching the impact of stress on fertility. And I really encourage you to go look her up because I think she's incredibly interesting. You can watch lots of videos online about her work as well. So go and go and take a look at her and I'll put some information in the show notes. But what she has found is that 46% of people feel that stress causes or contributes to their fertility problems which is an awful lot, isn't it? 46. And I wonder how much of that is because we're told that's what happens as well, as opposed to actually necessarily straight away feeling it. So when we, if we go back to kind of when we see that threat, we kind of appraise how stressful we might view that event. And we also view and and appraise how we feel we've got that ability to cope with that event. So as Jackie Bowman has said, that people might be facing the same event, but will cope differently based on their own circumstances. So for example, your first cycle of IVF versus your last cycle of IVF. So first cycle, you're going into that that cycle with quite a lot of hope, probably excitement, obviously reticence, but you know, you're generally feeling pretty hopeful. Fast forward then to your last cycle and you know it's your last because perhaps funds have run dry or you may be thinking, do you know what, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to put my body through this physically and emotionally anymore. So which one do you think you are more likely to feel anxious and stressed about? Both of them, but the stress levels will be greater when you know it's your last chance. So that just shows you that people might be facing the same event, but will cope differently with it. All the work that Jackie Bovan has done has found that there is actually no association between stress level and your ability to conceive. So whilst you might experience the stress, it doesn't appear to have an impact on your success rates. And this is really important. Why is that the case? Why has she found that? If you look at countries that are war-torn or have extreme poverty, so therefore facing huge amount of threat and huge amount of stress, they have among the highest birth rates in the world. And this is due to the body's ability to adapt despite the conditions within that harsh environment. So if you remember, I mentioned about adequate and steady blood sugar levels based on the fact that the cortisol enables the body to maintain that blood sugar. 
over time our bodies adapt. So clearly, when you first are facing that fight flight emotion, your body is not prioritizing reproduction. Absolutely not. But over time, because of the body is so clever and it's able to adapt with our, our stress levels and our cortisol, we're able to change that. So that's why I want to tell you, because I want to take that guilt away that you're feeling that stress is contributing to your lack of success. It's not. But can we ignore stress? Of course we can't. It's still really, really important to think about the impact of stress because it's what we do in response to that stress is what we need to pay attention to because those are the things, the indirect impact of stress, so not the direct impact of stress itself, but the indirect impact of stress are the things that can contribute to our success rates. So what do we do when we're stressed? Well, we probably don't eat very well. We might comfort eat or we might not eat at all. So potentially we're not getting the nutrients in our body that we need. Or if we're comfort eating, we're not eating the right foods. We could be eating the foods, the refined carbohydrates, the foods full of sugar. It might be that we gain weight or we might lose weight if we're really stressed. We might start smoking. That can absolutely happen. We might start drinking more alcohol as a way to forget our worries. And often I hear from ladies that they've been so good for such a long period of time with their lifestyle, giving up alcohol, etc., and they're not conceiving. So it's like, well, I'm going to start enjoying myself. I'm going to start drinking alcohol again more than I should do because I need to relax and I'm fed up because I've done all the right things and nothing's happened. 22% of people stop trying to conceive because it's so stressful, because it becomes this huge burden. So we know it really impacts on our quality of life and our lifestyle. The other thing that I often find people end up doing is exercising too much because it's something that they can control. So the amount of men and women that I'm aware of that will decide to run a marathon, train for a marathon, run a marathon, or do an Ironman, because it's something that they can control when everything else in, within their life seems uncontrollable. And I completely understand that. But by exhausting the body and depleting it of all the nutrients that it needs, it might not be the right time to be considering that. If you look at athletes, often athletes need to step back on, professional athletes need to step back on their kind of professional life for a while so that they can conceive. So if that's something that you suddenly decide to do when you're trying to conceive, it's probably not the best thing. If it's something you've always done, that, that might be slightly different. So it's thinking about the indirect aspects that impact our stress. And I think that is vital, really important. So it's important to consider that stress impacts, as I mentioned, on all aspects of quality of life, on our work, our relationships, our emotional health, our physical health and well-being. And to change a stressor, get support to take that stressor away, whether it be through emotional support from family and friends or professional support, then that's going to help because being stressed when you're trying to conceive sadly is part and parcel. It's not a nice place to be. It's not where any of us would want to find ourselves. And having had a stressful year last year myself, I totally understand the impact that it has on your 
kind of general health and well-being and that we have to prioritize our mental health above and beyond everything so if you can find that support that's really important and i would really recommend reaching out to like i said friends and family or professional support somewhere if you can so to recap then on this little science lesson into stress the reproductive system is robust to stress but not to to coping with stress so it's those issues that I talked about, the indirect impact. The reproductive system is not robust to that, but it is robust to coping with the stress itself. The burden of stress on our quality of life is huge, and therefore getting coping strategies and personalised support is absolutely paramount. But I hope that this little chat today has helped you see stress perhaps in a different light. And I hope the ticking clock has given you a little bit of relaxation too. It certainly has for me while I've been talking to you. But if I can have taken away a little bit of guilt so that you don't worry about the stress, but you concentrate on the indirect stresses and make sure that you're doing all you can to counteract those, then I'd be a very happy person and hopefully have contributed in a very small way to you feeling a little bit better. So thank you for listening to this episode where it literally has just been me talking to me, but, which has been a bit odd without having a guest here, but equally lovely too. And if there are any other aspects that you would like to talk me to talk about, if there's something you think, oh, I'd love to know a bit more about that, then definitely let me know because I'd be really keen to hear and then maybe do another 16, 17 minutes or whatever this one is of chatting to you about those aspects and perhaps busting some myths. It's good to bust a myth now and again, isn't it? Please do rate and review the podcast as it's brilliant for other people to know what you think. Even just hitting follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast really helps other people know it's worth a listen. Also follow Kate on her Insta, which is Your Fertility Nurse. And if you'd like to book in a consultation with Kate to understand more about your fertility and reproductive health, visit yourfertilityjourney.com. 